you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me on this journey to stop drifting, take control, and own your future. And that is what this podcast and my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is all about. Now, part of owning your career and owning your life and the promise that I make in the book is owning your future. And part of owning your future is continuous learning and building a network. And my guest today uh, did a great job of that as he's been building his own career. His name is Anthony Vaughn. He's the Director of Workplace Culture, Marketing, and Community Engagement at a company called NewFit up in Baltimore, Maryland. And I love his journey to how he got to where he is because it involves a big investment in continuous learning. It involves uh, really going out ambitiously and building his network. And I think what he's done uh, could be an inspiration to many people, including me, uh, to keep doing that because those are the things I think that are truly going to help you be successful in your career and prepare for the future, which is why I wrote about them in the book as well. So Anthony, uh, we connected over LinkedIn. Uh, we didn't really talk before we got on this live interview, and I just loved his story and the energy and enthusiasm he shares, uh, and I hope you do as well. Again, remember this was a live interview, so that I think there might be some comments or questions along the way. Uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Anthony Vaughn. All right, I am live on LinkedIn with Anthony Vaughn, who is the director of workplace culture, marketing, and community engagement at uh, engagement at NewFit, and uh, really uh, someone who is passionate about uh, workplace culture, putting employees before uh, the business, and in fact, Anthony also hosts a podcast uh, called uh, E1B2, which is all about putting employees before the business. I believe is that right, Anthony? Yes, it is, sir. Awesome, man. Well, welcome to the show. I appreciate it. I'm excited. It's been a it's been a while since we've been trying to connect here. Yeah, I know. We uh we connected on LinkedIn. We did. And we've messaged, we've emailed, we've set up calls and they've gotten rescheduled for one reason or another yeah. and uh ended up getting rescheduled to this week and as I often do with many people I connect with, I'm like, "Hey, instead of doing a call, why don't we just go live on LinkedIn and have a have a good discussion because we obviously have a lot of uh interest in common, right?" That's it. Yeah, that's why why not just go live and and get to it now. No need to wait any longer. Nice. All right. So let's get into it. Why don't we start with a little bit of your background or, or who you are and what you do today. Uh, so yeah. then we can start to dig in a little bit on the workplace culture stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm a little bit younger than I look, actually. Uh, a lot of people think I'm in like my mid thirties, early forties there. So um, I'm actually only 29. Uh, I started my professional career uh, about 10 years ago. Um, I dropped out of, of uh, Wesley, Wesley College slash West Virginia. That's a whole story in itself. But I was a, a former former uh, D3 and then eventually D1 uh, football player. Um, I then went on to start a few brands. The first brand was a year-round football academy that I decided to start. Um, that was my first brand. I ran that for about two years. That grew to seven figures, made a very poor decision as it pertains to um, kind of just leadership development, succession planning, understanding where one of my partners wanted to be, wanted to do. That individual walked away. The brand crumbled. Um, I'm very open about that. So you can ask me any details around that because that's a whole thing in itself. 
Um, went on to start a consultancy, ran that for, for a, a few years as well. Uh, then went on to do some advising and some other things in the marketing space and started to really understand about this buzzword employee experience. And I always realized that treating people like humans, respecting people, understanding where they come from and, and trying to tap into that was something that I really cared about and that was natural to me. Um, so I dedicated myself about six years ago to study two hours a day every day around all things employee experience, which is a very big bucket. Um, and then about three years ago, I got I landed my first gig as director of employee experience for a startup here. Um, did very well in that role. They could not get another round of funding. Uh, so I then went on to go to this company, which is called New Fit. Uh, we're, uh, I would say we're about a mid-sized nonprofit, uh, about 80 employees deep. Um, we conduct recess and play for uh, about, well, we're closer, we're, we're approaching on 120 now, 120 schools in the Baltimore City area. And there, I am director of workplace culture, uh, marketing, uh, and associate in the operations division, uh, as well as a lot of the community engagement and events that we hold uh, to try to drive uh, just perspectives and narratives around what we're doing. So yeah, uh, employee experience means everything to me, brother. Very cool. Very cool. And that's uh, it's such an important topic. It's something I talk a lot about in my podcast and when I do speaking gigs. And I think it's starting to come into more of the lexicon. People are talking about employee experience. I want to get into that. I want to ask you a couple of questions about your career that are, I think, relatable to other people. Yeah. Um, but I have to ask also, you're in a business, a nonprofit that is serving, you said, 120 schools around the Baltimore area. Schools across the entire country for probably the first time ever are closed for a month, maybe more, maybe the rest of the semester. So how does that impact the business? Unfortunately, I will give you this uh, this news, Andy. Uh, uh, we are approaching being shut down completely. Um, so uh, we're in the midst of doing a few different things right now. The first is we have, we have a relationship with Nike. Um, they are turning into a legitimate partner. So we're, we're, so we're, so we're looking into getting some grant dollars from that perspective. Um, there's a, a couple other options that we're pursuing from a financial perspective, but pretty much the school systems are not writing checks right now due to the kids not being there. So we're in a really tight spot financially trying to figure out how we're going to create a runway to get us into August. Um, so this, this situation has hit us all very hard. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's a tough situation for everybody around the country, right? And and especially if you're doing business with schools, you're involved in all kinds of different stuff. There's so many yeah. people that are challenged right now. Um, but I want people to, you know, a lot of people are going to have extra time from being home, uh, either businesses or shutting down or working remotely or not mm -hmm. having a commute or just things changing up, right? And I, I, my hope with this live series and with the podcast I'm starting uh, and the book that I'm writing on career development is that we will get more people to really think about their career, setting a direction, being more intentional with where they want to go. Uh, and by the way, for anybody joining us live on LinkedIn, be sure to uh, let us know where you're joining from, submit your questions. I see my friend Christopher Rainey is joining from the UK. Uh, what's up, buddy? Hope that you're doing really well. Uh, big, big name in the HR space. Um, but Anthony, you said something about your career. You know, you said, hey, I'm young, but I've done these things because yeah. I made a decision I wanted to get into um, this uh, this idea of employee experience, workplace culture, and dedicated myself to learning two hours a day, and then went out and getting the career. 
Um, number one, I'm really big on making time, prioritizing, making time for things we need to do. Uh, so I do a lot of that too. I dedicate time to reading and learning every day and I'm writing a book right now. People always ask, you know, how do you fit all that in when you've got a crazy schedule? So how did you make that happen? Two hours a day of learning is, uh, it, it's a lot for most people. Most people probably do five minutes or less. Yeah. Well, in the beginning, um, I'd had some success with the two brands. So I had about a year uh, of uh, just some cash saved up to be able to just dive all the way in. So at first it was like eight hours a day of uh, studying, reaching out to mentors, getting uh, individuals around me. Uh, so from that perspective, really, it was just a matter of I realized that a lot of what I was doing from a leadership perspective were connected to a, a lot of the reasons of why both brands no longer are here and I needed to make a change. So it was really from a, from a place of, of, of literal need. Um, and then as I eventually, you know, eventually that cash ran out. So I needed to try to figure out what I was going to do next. Uh, I just, I just kept up with that habit. I looked at my life and I said, you know what, if I have to wake up two hours earlier or I have to go to sleep two hours later, I'm going to continue to dedicate and focus on these variables. Cause I do not want to make the same mistake that I made, uh, in the prior business. And so yeah, for me, it was just a matter of like, this is what I had to do. It really wasn't even a question. Um, and, and I guess the internal drive and motivation really came from, um, you know, the, saying to myself, Anthony, uh, you very well should be running a seven, eight, nine, $10 million brand. Now you're not due to a lot of the mistakes you made. So keep that in the front of your head there, buddy. Uh, so, so you don't make that mistake again. So that was a lot of the, the motivation for me. So it was really giving yourself like a reality check along the way. Like you're better than this. You could be doing more if you just work hard, study and, and set your intentions on it. Exactly. Uh, I love that. And so many people say, oh, you know, I wish I would could study or get to the gym or whatever it is, but I just don't have time when the truth is they're not making time because no. they're spending time watching Netflix or sports or playing video games or whatever it is. There's nothing wrong with those things. Um, but if you have big goals, you want to do some learning, whatever it is, you've got to set your priorities and move things around and, and, and make your schedule match your goals, basically. And I enjoy it. And that's actually, I was just, I just got off the phone with the operations director uh, of New Fit here. And, and we were, we were just talking about how we love geeking out on all things, HR, employee, exp employee experience, operations, marketing. We just, I don't know. I just genuinely love it. Um, you know, my girlfriend probably. Uh, is not too excited about that because I talk about it a little too much. But, um, you know, so for me or for anyone else out there, actually, if if you're noticing that it's it's a it's a struggle to try to get into studying or trying to learn more, um, I would question, are you doing what you really love or really enjoy? I know that's kind of a, a big statement and, and I don't want to take any take that into a whole nother conversation. But for me, I just genuinely enjoy. So it doesn't even really feel like work when I'm listening to a podcast, reading a blog or net, or networking with a mentor that that I can get on a call with a few hours a month. Yeah, definitely. And then you said that you you went and landed this job yeah. uh, in employee experience and then got to the one where you are now. Yeah. And I was wondering, can you trace that back to the time you spent learning? Was it more about building a network? Was it just applying for a job? Like, how did you get those jobs? Yeah. So all my jobs have been through networks. Yeah. So um I had made the conscious decision to actually partner up with a um, an incubator here in the Baltimore area. And I was just doing a lot of speaking and networking around all things business. Um, and that around that time, I started to develop my my perspective on employee experience because it's actually very different and kind of out of the box due to the fact that I was a former leader 
uh, of an organization. And so the, the the leader of the startup that I worked for overheard that conversation, pulled me into the office, and seven long conversations later, um, an opportunity presented itself. Uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it, it proves the theory that I am always going on about, which is that uh, the network is everything, right? It's all about who you know or who knows you. And uh, it doesn't matter how much you know, how great you are, your skills and everything. If nobody knows who you are, then, you know, you still have to go through this long application process. And, you know, recruiters, hiring managers, they don't want to deal with all that. They'd rather just hire somebody they know or someone that's referred to them. And that's why it's so important to go out and build that network, to go meet people. Um, you talked about taking speaking opportunities, whatever you could do to go build your brand, get exposure, build your yeah. network. Um, so many people are not thinking about that. They think that their work is going to stand for itself and 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 jobs are going to fall on their lap. But you've got to go out there and build that network. Yes, they do. And for me, um, I'm, I'm actually pretty, uh, pretty comfortable in my own skin. So I'll tell you the truth. I actually can't go the traditional way. My resume uh, at times won't pop up on a traditional ATS because you got to look at it. My career has been mainly entrepreneurial and advising. I've only been an employee now for three and a half, four years. You know, I, I really don't have that much employee experience. I've been more of a, an entrepreneur and a leader and an advisor. So for me, when you push my my resume through an ATS, you see a college dropout. <laughs> you see, you know, former leader of brands. Uh, but you know how the ATS works. Those things aren't, aren't automatically pinging off the walls here. They're looking for right. that degree. They're looking for those keywords. So I traditionally actually can't even go the regular route. So, again, it was kind of a, a necessity for me to network and find it organically. I love that. Uh, and I and like it proves it, you know, that the importance of going out and building a network. So for anybody listening or watching who is in that position, you know, maybe an early career, had some struggles, uh, don't doesn't really feel proud of the the accomplishments they have so far, but they know they're capable of doing more uh, and getting that great job, that dream job, and doesn't want to give up on that goal. You know, what advice do you have for them for people to, to start working on? Uh, remain very humble. So, uh, I'll tell you a story of how I got this recent gig. Um, the, 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 the company that I worked for previously could not get another round of funding. And so I actually put together a three-year plan and saying, you know what? I'm going to double down again on, on speaking, on podcasting, on studying and networking. And I'm not going to push the narrative of trying to get another full-time gig for a couple of years here. I made some other investments and had some other things happening cash flow wise where I could get by from 29 to 31. That was the original plan. Um, and so I went on to the company and I started like, again, I did the same thing. I started speaking, I started doing things and it just organically came about. And so for me, um, being humble and putting yourself in the right place, even though it doesn't seem very attractive is, is the tip I, that I would give. So when I first found this opportunity, I actually offered to be an intern and just work for free for the first year. And then as we started talking, they realized that my skill sets and my ability was was uh, just much greater than to you know to not pay someone. So um, if there's anyone out there that would would consider or has the flexibility to try to find a job that they can either be a sh they can shadow someone, they can be an intern, they can they can find a role that maybe isn't as glamorous. I would do that. Um, I know it's not a very attractive tip, but I think it's normally the most productive one because you can actually organically find ways to build relationships that way when you're when you're coming in from a very empathetic and, and humble perspective. Absolutely. I love totally that. Advice. Yeah. So stay humble, be assertive, go out there, build the network, talk to people, 
get those internships, get the experience, keep learning, all that stuff. So important. Um, I want to shift to this idea of workplace culture because yeah. it's something you've studied a lot, uh, yeah. employee experience, workplace culture. Um, we hear so much out there in the marketplace about customer experience, right? You've got to give your customers a great experience. And, and yeah. I heard some advice or, or I don't know what you call it a little while back um, that I've repeated many times, which is that your customer experience will never exceed that of your employee experience. So we've got to give our employees a great experience. Where do you think a lot of companies are, you've studied this, where do you think a lot of companies are making mistakes in, in the employee experience area and, and how can we change that? So it's, it's a really big buzzword for like the one percenters of companies, right? So I've actually, I've had a talk with my operations director about this again today. I said, we go on LinkedIn, we go all, all over and, we, and we, see, we see these employee experience roles in certain hubs. We see them in New York. We see them in you know, San Francisco. We see them in Austin, Texas. You go on Indeed right now, you don't see an employee experience director in any major company or any midsize, even small company in Baltimore, Maryland right now or in Maryland, period. Uh, and I think that's an issue. So the answer I would give you is it's not even a division. It's not even a part of a company right now. There is traditional HR and then there's nothing else for the vast majority of these organizations. Um, this employee experience buzzword is really not as big as we actually think it is. It's because me and you and all the other people that are going to be on this live stream right now, we are ingrained in that hub. So we're seeing it so much more often, but it actually isn't really even a thing. So the first tip I would give is like, you know, organization need to even actually understand what it is and what it can do and build out a division for it to actually live. Cause it's much more than, you know, your Christmas and holiday parties, you know, it's much more than, you know, a happy hour every last Friday of the month. It's much more than just having an authentic one-on-one -on -one with your employee three times a year. There's a lot of components to employee experience at a real business level that a lot of brands need to pay attention to. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is, the the big kind of buzzy progressive thinking companies that we hear about Google's and Facebook's of the world and companies in New York and San Francisco and LA they they're on top of this they've got people thinking about employee experience but 90% of companies in America and around the world are still not really thinking about this they might have employee development or engagement they certainly have recruiting um, but they don't really think about bringing it all together under the bucket of employee experience so for them uh, and they're learning about this thing okay what do I do about this how would you describe the importance of employee experience and, and what would that person or department do that would be running it? Uh, well, I'll go to the second question first. Uh, you know, the person that's running it, right? The, the CEO, any CEO right now that does not have that division in their company, I would say do 30 hours of homework tomorrow. Um, and, and, and it would be more than just Googling. I would say uh, reach out to some of these other companies that you see are doing it at a high level via LinkedIn Get on a 20, 30, 40 minute chat with the VP of people, with the director of employee experience, with those brands and figure out at a real tangible level what's actually happening. Right. So that would be the first thing I would do. Uh, stay away from Google at times because there's a lot of great content out there, but it's how do I say this respectfully? A lot of it is super fluffy and general. Right. You know, employee experience for each company. It's completely different. An employee experience at Google and what that means will be very different than what it is here at NewFit. And I'm sure for the organization that you're you're you're, you're running and you're a part of. So um, that's the first thing. Remember that employee experience has context and not just the content. Um, and then what was the first question again? Because I jumped to the second one. Well, you you kind of got into it. Like, what does that mean you know, for companies yeah. that have nothing right now? 
and I'm thinking, okay, well, how do I get into this? What does that even mean? And you're talking about you know, creating that experience for employees, starting fresh, you know, learning about what it is and, and realizing that it is different for every company. Yeah. And it's different, right? Like, you know, I know there's I know there's a lot of L&D out there for companies, but there's an experience that goes along with an L&D, right? There's an employee experience uh, uh, kind of concept and perspective that can be paired with the L&D uh, division that you have or, or the L&D practitioner, whoever's kind of stewarding that division. There's a lot of things off of benefits and compensation that you can plug in to an employee experience. Like I know there's this amazing company um, called Comp, Comp HQ or Comp IQ, or I, I think that's the brand. Um, and they're doing a cool thing where there's a certain amount of money that is allocated to each employee to create non-traditional benefits around childcare, around, you know, education, around vacation, around other things that are that are kind of catered towards the, the employee experience and what they actually want to experience in life overall. Uh, yeah. That has nothing to do with the traditional benefits and compensation model. So uh, there's a lot of different pieces of employee experience that can be tied to some of the more traditional aspects of HR um, that brands can be thoughtful of. So what are the best companies doing uh, and or how do companies create a great employee experience? It, it, you said it's more than just the common benefits. It's more than just happy hour on Friday and yeah. extra coaching conversation. It's it's about what? What else should they be providing? So for me, for me, when I think of employee experience, if I were to make it super simple, the first thing I would start with, and I know this is again another buzzword, uh, I would start with empathy. Um, the leaders at the top, the executives, they all need to have empathy as it pertains to each and every individual employee. Uh, so to give you a practical example. I've seen this within my own company at times, but when I first got there and I, and I really didn't get a good chance to, to get into the minutia, I was kind of just sitting back and looking at things. You know, there is so much innovation that is not being had within organizations because the leaders are not having empathy and not building that emotional glue with the mid-level employees so they don't feel comfortable enough to bring up those new ideas and those big ideas and those innovations. Uh, and that happens throughout every organization that I can think of that I've personally been a part of. So for me, it would start with empathy. It would start with, you know, the CEO or those executives having thoughtful, deep one-on-one -on -one conversations on a consistent basis with those stakeholders, with those employees, and really understanding where they come from, what their interests are, and what their perspectives of the brand is right now. And if they have any ideas on how they can improve their own individual role or improve the brand overall, and look for those silver linings. You do that one action at a very authentic level, you're going to build that emotional glue that will then have, you know, Derek walk into your office in two weeks and have an idea that you didn't have to ask for. Um, mm. So that's a simple like if you want to start somewhere, start with just conducting those very authentic one on one conversations and treating your people as a brother, a sister, a husband, uh, an aunt and uncle, like treat yeah. them as a family member. Yeah, be people, build connections. Um, I love the empathy and and being open and uh, and learning from them, letting them share what they're thinking about. Um, and you're going to get a lot more innovation that way too. People sharing interesting ideas, sure. trying different stuff without having the fear that they're going to get fired for it. Um, so having the empathy, creating this idea of employee experience, it's a big investment of time, shifting how you lead. Um, you talk about getting into all these benefits, childcare things to make it easy for employees. Uh, to get things done, create a better experience. It's a big investment of money as well. Yes. Why should companies think about this, especially as we go into some possibly tougher times in our economy? 
Um, what's kind of the value proposition, the business case for making an investment in employee experience? That's funny. Uh, I just got done doing this with my CEO the other day. Uh, it'll lead to more dollars. Um, so I'll give you a very practical situation. If if you have four employees in your operations division, or better yet, your marketing division, that that genuinely feel like they're not being heard, they're not being respected, their new ideas are being shut down without it even being tested. What you're going to realize is their 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 lack of engagement is going to eventually show up in their work, and a typical you know a, a typical leader is going to eventually fire that person. And then what a lot of leaders will understand is the amount of time it takes to replace not only the skill level of that person, but the context that individual has, right? Like it takes a lot of time to replace that. And so for me, when I'm thinking about employee experience and I'm thinking about the money that's connected to it, I'm leaning into empathy. I'm leaning into, you know, uh, allowing our people to craft their role to fit how they view the role, how they view the organization. I'm leaning into anything I need to do to put my employees first, because I know if I do that, they'll work a little bit harder when I need them to, when I ask them to work a little bit longer hours. I know on that drive home at 6 p.m., they'll think of three different things that they forgot to put in the email and they'll do it as soon as they get home. And those three things lead to bigger business down the road. I know eventually it'll lead to dollars. Honestly, and this is this is just a reality because I've been in those executive shoes before. I've ran a brand. I know I know what it takes to to get dollars into the door, and I know what it takes. And I know what it looks like to lose a business when you're not leaning into innovation, not leading into empathy, not leaning into caring about your people. So I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, I'll give you one last thing too. You know, I think more people in my position, again, VP of people you know, director of HR, whatever the, there's all these different terms now. Mm. I would personally either start a small little brand on the side, or if you don't have time to do that, I would personally, well, I don't care if you're 45, 55, 85, I don't care how old you are. I would go and get shadowing and internship opportunities with other brands or try to do it internally, go in the marketing department for a couple of weeks, go into the operations for a couple of weeks, go into every single department of the business and really understand things. So when you bring an idea to your executive or to your leader, you can actually talk financial numbers and theory. You can talk yeah. reality and emotion. Um, that's that's what's allowed me to kind of mix make some change quickly. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important to connect to organizational objectives, KPIs, the strategy, and to find real business problems and solve them, no matter yeah. whether you work in HR or any part of the business, because you're going to be seen more strategically that that way you're going to be seen as more of a value valuable part of the business and you know frankly we haven't even addressed coronavirus or all the things that are changing right now people working remotely you know the the stock market going up and down and a lot of people are worried about their jobs and their careers right now if you want to protect your job and uh and make yourself a valuable part of the business go find don't sit around waiting for someone to tell you what to do go find a business problem and see if you can solve it come up with some creative solutions start presenting some ideas and connect them to the business and what the you know what the business is trying to do trying to drive and you can shift your brand and be seen as more of a valuable player in the business that is very true and you know, on that note, I, I was just recording something not too long ago. Where I was talking about, and, and please, I do not want to be insensitive because there's a lot of things happening right now. But no this, doubt. this, in a weird way, is an actually a very rare opportunity for those at the executive level, right, to actually address issues operationally, 
um, you know, employee experience wise, you know, new markets they want to jump into, new products they want to roll out. This is actually an opportunity for the next couple of weeks here where they can try to revamp or readdress or, or, or bring back up those conversations and discussions and flush them out a little bit more um, because things aren't as busy. Things aren't as crazy right now. Um, and I, I hope that's not coming off insensitive, but I just think that's a way that we can try to put some sort of a productive, positive spin on what's happening. Yeah, no doubt. I, you know, everybody has their own unique situation, right? It's all different. Yeah. And some people are in very challenging situations right now. Some people have more time right now than they've ever had in their entire career because things are so slow, yes. right? depending on what you're in. So this is the time to start to address some of those big strategic projects, things that you've been putting off procrastinating on, you know, think maybe thinking about what you're going to do next with your career. Um, for anybody listening, watching live, if you have any questions, submit it now. We do have to wrap things up pretty soon. Uh, I wanted to read a message from uh, Krista Spence, who is joining us, who says, uh, love your message, Anthony. I would add employee experience. It is not an HR program. It needs to be infused into the business. Much has to do with leader behavior. It is a business lever. It is something you're going to use yes. to grow the business and grow revenue, like you said, right? Yeah. And, and, and to add to that, as you were talking about a, a leader behavior, um, you know, part of how people in my role can actually help and support the leader is kind of just, you know, being that psychologist to a certain degree as well and, and trying to look at some of the consistent behaviors that CEO is showing and seeing which behaviors he or she is showing is actually hindering or negatively affecting the brand and trying to support that individual and changing some of those behaviors um, and, and, and having them strip away their ego, strip away insecurities. Um, you know, I, 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 I kind of get tired of people saying business is so black and white and just so objective and it's mm -hmm. not emotional. It's so it's so emotional. There are so many leaders out there that are that are passing on great ideas because they didn't come up with the idea. Right. You know, uh, and, and so, you know, there, there, there is some opportunities for people in my role to, to kind of be a psychologist, be a helping hand, be a friend, be a supporter of what's, what's going on in that crazy head of a lot of leaders out there, because it's a very, it's, it's a, it's a very cluttered mind. Let's just keep it like that. Business yeah. is very emotional. I mean, yeah. certainly you've got to, you've got to check the boxes and, and use the, understand the financials and make a business case for things. But a lot of decisions are made on gut feel, yep. you know, based on, like you said, ego is involved. I think about all the things that I buy. I, you know, I buy a lot of ser solution services, hire coaches, shop. Um, more than half of that stuff is based on emotions and just yep. my gut reaction to things based on meeting people, relationships. Yep. Uh, I don't pour into a lot of data when I'm making decisions. Maybe that's a mistake, but that's, <laughs> yeah. a, <laughs> that's just yeah. me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, we have to wrap things up here, Anthony. This has been really great. Um, for anybody listening, uh, who is looking to accelerate their career, find a way to, you know, gain more success in the future, be more intentional about their career. Uh, what's one more piece of advice you would give? Um, be a jack of all trades, know a little bit of everything. Um, you know, what, what's got me pretty far, I would think, and, and I have so much further to go, but um, I think for the most part, outside of a few different topics as it pertains to business, I can pretty much sit in on any meeting and add some thoughtful and meaningful context to the room. Um, and so I think too many, too many employees right now, too many leaders, frankly, are kind of just stuck in their own little, their own little world. Uh, try to take again two three hours of your day um, each day, or at least two three hours of your of your week, um, and just try to find ways to tap into other areas. So again, if you're a VP of people, 
try to study a little bit more about marketing and, and infrastructure and partnerships and, 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 and brand operations. If you're just in the operations division, try to jump over to marketing, you know, try to try to be flexible with, with what you know and, and, and where you uh, can add value. Uh, I think that would be the best tip I could give because it'll help your career long-term. Yeah, I understand. I agree completely. And I think understanding all, all different parts of the business is so important. Um, I have been, in consulting, training and development, working with big companies for almost 10 years now. And I find most of the time people know a lot about their subject matter, IT, legal, HR, whatever it is. And they rarely go outside of that silo and they don't kind of, they don't really know what else is going on in the organization. Um, but for really to help everybody come together, collaborate and achieve those organizational goals, uh, it can be really helpful and beneficial um, for people to, to get the higher level view of what's going on, the overall strategy and how everything connects the interdependencies of the business. Um, this is a lot of what I do with big companies. So I love digging into that, running business simulations, things like that to help people understand. Um, the interesting question, I'll just follow that up with one more question, yeah. is that it's important to have those conversations, talk to people in different parts of the business, learn what they're up to. It's a little more challenging now that everybody's working remotely, essentially. Uh, so how do we do that now that we're we're all working from home in this age of coronavirus? Um, maybe this is being me naive, but uh, I, I don't I don't think it's out of the norm to to send an email, then hop on hop on a video chat, you know, send an email, hop on a phone conversation, and again, again, without me trying to not be insensitive, I think it's again even a better time to mm -hmm. in some cases, right? Because on the flip side, I, I think some people would say. Hey, I got three kids running around the house right now. Yeah. You know, you know, I, you know, I, I got to go grocery shopping. I got to hit the target. I have a couple things I have to get done. But I think, I think everyone's time's a little bit more flexible. You could hop on a an eight thirty nine o'clock video chat when normally that would have not been as appropriate. Or you know, yeah. you guys can text back, text back and forth and hop on a phone call. So yeah. I, I think, I think it's a little bit more flexibility actually when it comes to remote than it than when it's uh, when it's not. Yeah, I agree completely. There's no excuse not to communicate now. All the channels are open. There's so many tools. Yep. Send an email, set up a meeting, set up a phone call, get on video if you can. I'm a big fan of Zoom, but there's plenty of other platforms out there like Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams and that sort of stuff. Get on video and connect. And you're right. Everybody's got their own challenges. There's kids at home. I have two kids at home right now. Uh, but on the flip side of that, uh, all the people like me who travel normally are home all day, every day, right? Yeah. So. You know, I'm always reaching out to clients and prospects and stuff. And half the time they go, oh, I'm traveling for the next two weeks. Let's talk in April or whatever. That that excuse is gone. It, it doesn't exist anymore, right? I know you're not traveling. You're not allowed to travel. So you're home. Don't so lie. Let's, you know, so let's, let's book it. Let's get on Zoom. Let's get yeah. on Zoom and have a conversation. Yeah. So. Uh, cool, man. Well, let's. Uh, this has been really valuable. I, I think it's interesting for a lot of people to think about how they're approaching their career, especially that idea of, of continuous learning, investing time in learning and growth. Um, building the network, building the brand, you know, going out there and and building the perception and the brand um, beyond what's on your resume or your CV, yes. uh, and then you know, getting involved in creating an employee experience. We talked about solving business problems, getting strategic, learning about what the business cares about, uh, so you can get their attention and become a more strategic part of the business, protect your job, uh, and then you know, the importance of just connecting with different people in an organization, building your knowledge, understanding everything that's going on. Uh, so you're seen as more of a viable part of the business as well. Uh, so this has been great, Anthony. Thanks so much for coming on. And for anybody listening, wants to connect with you, I tagged you in this post. And uh, so I assume they can just go connect and start a conversation, right? Yes. Um, and if I may, one last 12 second point, Andy. Sure. 
Um, again, I was just on the phone with my operations director and I gave this like little motivational rant about, you know, employees out there right now, you guys actually have more power than ever, right? Mm -hmm. So do not ever, the employee first business second model that I see in this world looks a little something like this. Don't ever moving forward, settle for an organization that does not to some degree believe in putting you first and believe in looking at the hearts and souls of the people that are there. Don't accept a check just to have a check. There are so many other avenues of how you can make a dollar in today's world, whether it's the Ebays of the world, the DoorDash of the world, the Ubers of the world. I know it's not glamorous. I know it's a little bit weird and odd. And, you know, you guys may have a big mortgage. You may have to do what you got to do. But I'm seeing too many employees, friends and colleagues that are accepting roles and jobs for leaders that frankly don't deserve to have someone that amazing inside of their organization because of the way that they're being treated. Don't accept anything less than someone that's going to put your heart and your soul and your mind first. Um, that's the world that I'm just honestly trying to create. I love it. It's funny. You answered a question that I was going to ask you earlier and I forgot to ask. Which oh, is really? If you work in an organization uh, and you it has a terrible employee experience, what should you do? Can you go try to change it or should you just start looking for something else? Because uh, as you kind of said to summarize it, life is too short, right? So find a place that values your exactly. skills and what you bring to the table. Yep. And I, and I appreciate you uh, bringing me on here, Andy. Yeah. Please anyone connect with me um, again. I'm still very young. I'm, I'm looking to learn. I'm looking to galvanize a, a big army of mentors here that can teach me and guide me through my career. So um, please anyone reach out if they're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you again for joining. For anybody uh, listening, be sure to tune in tomorrow. I'll be back on here live at 4 p.m. U.S. Eastern New York time uh, with my friend Gemma Stowe from the U.K. Thursday at 4 p.m. with my friend Lisa Jelly from the U.K. And uh, uh, Friday with uh, Linda Kai uh, from uh, who heads talent development at Aon. And that will be uh, from Chicago, I think. And that will be an awesome interview. So we have a great week of content and uh, a really fantastic interview again today. So thank you again, Anthony, for joining me. And I hope you have an awesome week. I appreciate you, brother. You guys have a good day.